Well, the round of 16 is locked in at the FIFA Women's World Cup, but not before a chaotic group stage that saw a series of shock results. None more so than two-time champion perennial group stage conquerors Germany knocked out last night. Adam Peacock doing some fine work with Code Sports and Channel 7 and he's with us this morning. All thanks to Speed Gas. Is gas critical to your business? Call Speed Gas. They are the broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup. G'day, Adam. Thanks for your time, mate. Sammy, how are you, mate? I'm doing better than uh, the Germans. Germany won, South Korea won, and they're going home 17 days before the final. They had a, well, what could only be described as a collective look of shock, Adam. They had a stinker, Sammy. (laughs) They had an absolute stinker. It was extraordinary. I I can't get my head around that. Brazil was big. Um, Them going out, the US nearly going out, that Mm. would have been a monumental um, surprise. But this, this, I, I had them winning it. I love their balance. I love their, the fact that they had a lot of young players who emerged this year in the European Champions League. They had a legend up front in Alex Pop. But that performance last night in Brisbane was all over the shop. And so, yeah, it, it was just very un-German. Usually they're organised. Usually they've got ways to think through games. But they were clueless. It, it, as long as like, They could have played for another half hour. They wouldn't have scored. They just looked clueless as the game went on. So, Massive shock, and importantly for the Matildas, I know they're not looking past Denmark, but, geez, it opens up um, a section of the draw that they're in right now. So for further context for Germany, I think they've advanced out of the group in eight of the nine World Cups they've featured in, and as we said, they've won it twice. I think they're number, ranked number two in the world, aren't they, Adam? So, it, I mean, is this yeah. the biggest shock in the women's game at the moment? And that's saying something, because there's been a few. Yeah, yeah, th- this is the biggest shock of the, the World Cup. I mean, Brazil was Brazil, but... You know that, that they haven't really been at the height in the past couple of years um, in terms of World Cups and you know troubling teams. But Germany, I just thought the fact that they got through the European Championship final last year and that was without Alex Pop, and then they come here and win their first game six 0 and you go, okay, they've they've got it sorted. And the profile of their squad looked really really good. Mm. That mix between youth and experience, but no, that was that was out there last yeah. night. One of the, yeah, men's or women's, one of the biggest shocks I've ever seen at a World Cup. I was just going to talk about their men, though. So within the space of nine months, both the men and the women have failed to progress out of their group, which is probably why the, the, the German boss, uh, Martina Voss-Tecklenburg, called it a, a disaster last night. Yeah, and that's bang on. The, the Germans, when when something goes wrong, they usually just don't dance around it and, <laughs> and try and find excuses, which I admire about them, so... What happened uh, all these years ago, back in the early 2000s with their men's program, that they kept on tripping up at at, uh, at World Cups and you know big events. So they decided to just have a total reset across the board. And what eventuated was that it was a generation that ended up winning the 2014 men's World Cup. Now I'm, I don't think they need to do that with their women's program, but a, a serious investigation needs to go in into how they've ended up with something like this because that on on the stage where they like you know one game to get it right, they got it completely wrong. So there's got to be reasons for that, and I'll dive into it in a typical German manner. But as we alluded to, Adam, you know, they're not on their own. So the third side they are ranked inside the world's top 10 to exit uh, the group stages. You mentioned Brazil, but the Olympic champion Canada, they packed their bags as well. Yeah, Canada were, were odd. Like, they never really looked settled here like they had one good half of football and that was against Ireland over in Perth the second half but apart from that they looked distracted now they've had all kinds of issues like a lot of teams have 
with their national federations about um, standards in terms of preparation, standards in terms of payment, all of those things. But you look at that, but then you look at teams like Nigeria and Jamaica who have had all kinds of problems with their federations and what they've done. So you look at that and that strips away that excuse. Canada just weren't good enough on the night against Australia and got ripped apart. Um, Brazil as well, it was a little similar to Germany. Brazil, you can consider them a little unlucky, but they didn't have that cutting edge when they really needed it against a committed defence defensive setup from Jamaica. So these are the things that happen in World Cup games that you, you think everything's fine and going along and Brazil won their first game 4 yeah. 0 But then you get pushed into a situation where you it, it all, all of a sudden becomes urgent. You can't find the answers. It looks like a disaster and feels like a disaster. Speaking of Code Sports, Adam Peacock about the FIFA Women's World Cup about to progress into the round of 16. Hey, Adam, I've got to ask you about this. Did did we? I'm surely we did. My question should be more around will we see a better one? The goal of the World Cup on Wednesday night, the Panama captain, Marta Cox, the free kick from what? third better Best part of 30 yards out right into the top corner. That was incredible. Yeah, that was that was up there. I've still got the Linda Casado goal um, that no. she scored against Germany on top. Uh, like as good as a free kick. Look, I'm. <laughs> I won't say it's easy to hit a free kick <laughs> like that, but it's a dead ball. <laughs> it's a dead ball, and you you can pick your target. And all. It's a no, it's still outstanding. But I've I've got the Casado goal because she just put two players. Or as my son likes to say, is he? Or I don't know if he says it now. He might be too cool for it. He said he sent two defenders to the shops. Yeah. She sent two <laughs> defenders to the shops and put it in the top corner in a massive game. So um, I've just got that on top. But I can see why people love that Panamanian goal as well. Look, it's it's great that we're talking about both of them and others as well in the context of the Women's World Cup. It's it's thrown up so many moments um, in games more than we'd ever imagined. I, I think this has been. Uh, one of the most joyous tournaments I think I've ever witnessed in my life. So, um, and we <laughs> we haven't even started the knockout stage. So, yeah, who knows what's ahead? Geez, I'm looking forward to that headline on Code Sports. Dead ball, uh, very straightforward. Uh, the free kicks. Hey, um, England look amazing. <laughs> England look amazing. Where do you have them on your list of fancies going into the knockout phase? Yeah, up there. Um, they they need their best player here a while back. She suffered a, uh, a knee injury. Um, in the game against Denmark, and they look great. I know she thought she did her ACL at the time, and unfortunately, that's not the case. She hasn't uh, joined that way too big band of players who have suffered ACLs in the women's game. And investigation should go on until the end of uh, end of time into why this keeps on happening, and it's a bit of a mystery still. But back to Walsh, she she's their like player in the middle who controls the tempo and. Yeah, look, I've got some talented players, no doubt. Like Lauren James stands out. But Lauren James can't do those things that she did the other night without a consistent uh, supply. And, and Walsh is the type of player to provide that. So, yes, England are very good. And, yes, their odds, no doubt, are shortening with all these big names, uh, big teams going out one by one. Mm. But the fact that she uh, she's a chance to still play, I, I think, that is hugely beneficial for England, and no doubt they're one of the, the main fancies now. Hey, the Matildas' moment of truth obviously arrives once again anyway on Monday. Denmark yeah. 8.30 up at Stadium Australia in Sydney. What are you forecasting What are you forecasting for this, uh, Adam? The fourth moment of truth. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I do like the matchup. Watching Denmark the other night against Haiti, uh, our strength uh, is, uh, is pace in wide areas, or pace in the fi- final third of the four frontline players but especially in wide areas to so Caitlin Port and Hayley Rasso and the combinations with Ellie Carpenter and Steph Catley on each side 
Denmark aren't strong there defensively. Now, Denmark, though, have a very, um, uh, yeah, a really switched on coaching staff who will come up with a plan. They're, they're hard to break down when they want to be Denmark. So, yeah, and they've got a, a genuine world class player, like top 10 player in the world, and Penilla Harder, the, uh, the attacking midfielder. She can play as a striker sometimes as well. She's uh, has been a teammate of Sam Kerr for the last three years. She's in danger. So if, if Denmark lock it up, keep it tight, they've got a player who can just sprinkle some fairy dust on the whole contest and take it away from the Matildas. So Matildas just need to play that high-octane, high-intensity game where they give the opponent no time on the ball, quickly turn it over and get the ball to those wide areas and crowds and have it. If they do that, they, they should win. But as we've seen in this tournament, nothing's a guarantee. The question of the tournament really is, well, from our perspective anyway, will Sam Kerr start? Will Sam Kerr feature off the bench? Will Sam Kerr play at all? What What do you think is going to happen in the next few days? Because uh, we've all been kept guessing, Adam, much to some people's displeasure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go option B, thanks, for $100, thanks, off, Sam. Off I'll the go bench? The, off, off the bench, yeah. I, I think she played. Uh, she'll be look, in the same situation as the other night. And we're three nil up, four nil up, um, yeah. late in the game or, or sixty minutes in. There's absolutely no point to risk it. Give it another couple of days preparation and get ready. Look, she, she's got that base. She's played a stack of games through the last twelve months. It's not like she needs minutes to get back conditioning um, to get conditioning back in her body. It's, it, it's there already. There's the base there. So, look, it, it's it's one risk they've got with it. They, they can't take two risks with it. They've only got one opportunity to take a risk and. Uh, I think if, if required, she comes off the bench. Madness to start her, especially the way we started the game the other night. Just start with the same 11 and the same same blueprint and, and see where that gets us. But uh, it's, a, it's a handy option off the bench, Sam Kerr. This is very much a question without notice. It's very rare I go down this path. But I wanted to ask you about the kickoff time that's been slated. So 8.30 on a Monday night for 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 a portion of the audience that will be young, of course, versus you know the need for them to maximise ratings and such. I'm not sure if... Who makes the final decision on these sort of things? But what what do you think goes into the decision to, to make it an eight thirty start, which is pretty darn late, as opposed to the other slots that would have been available? Uh, TV yeah. uh, audience king. worldwide, mm. yeah, TV audience worldwide. So you look at the time differences between us and Europe, and I dare say that would have been a heavy factor in finding that balance between. Uh, a good like you can't kick it off at midnight, which would be better for the European audience, obviously, mm. an afternoon kickoff over there. But you can push it a bit later. Look, the, the game before is, if I'm not mistaken, England Nigeria. Yeah, England Nigeria. Five thirty. Yeah. So the, the the BBC ITV say if they had that and they said, oh, you're going to kick that off at three o'clock, six o'clock in the morning back in London, they would have mm. set up yours. No, it, it's got to be a bit later. So that's more palatable for them. You've got to have that break. You can't kick off 5.30, 7.30 because just in case the game goes extra time penalties, you've got to have that lead in. You've got to have that yep. buffer between games. So that's why we've ended up with 8.30. Not particularly ideal. It's maybe an hour later than mm. what the kiddies would love here. But, hey, I'm, I'm a father. And if my kids want to watch it on Monday night, uh, I'll give them Tuesday morning off once, in a, <laughs> <laughs> once every four-year type of situation. So it, it's just nice to have an 8.30 kickoff as opposed to what we're bloody used to in this country for a big football game, and that's 3 o'clock in the morning. So stuff the rest of the world. We've finally got some decent kickoff time. Yeah, 8.30 is not perfect, but it's, uh, it's not as 
bad as what we used to. It's going to test my parenting discipline, that's for sure, Adam. But maybe you're right. Maybe you're onto something. It's warranting a leave pass for sure. Uh, Adam Peacock, join us and catch his work, obviously, codesports.com.au. Really appreciate your time, mate. Enjoy the rest of it. Uh, Plan for keeps now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Sammy. There's Adam Peacock there. Our FIFA Women's World Cup update partner, as I said, is Speed Gas. Is your business having trouble with gas bottle deliveries? Reliable deliveries, you can call Speed Gas on 1300 Gas now. They are the broadcast sponsor of our coverage, SEN's coverage, the FIFA Women's World Cup. I, I know I keep talking about Port Adelaide, and I don't intend to. I just keep getting dragged back to that football club. They've just tweeted moments ago that their ruckman, Scott Lysett, will have surgery today on his knee, and uh, he'll have the meniscus cleaned out in his left knee. The big fella was complaining of some soreness in recent times. So no timeline on a return as yet. This is the modern way from football clubs. That will be sorted out in the quote-unquote coming days. But he's going to miss several weeks, isn't he, for an operation of that nature. So no Scotty Lysett at Port Adelaide in the foreseeable future. A lot of questions coming through in regards to the round ahead of us from a footy perspective, AFL perspective. We've got Nick Del Sando to chat to a bit later on, so we'll weave some of those questions and some of those points that you want to make on the 40 Winks temper in and around our chat with Dal. 0433 98 11 16. You can also give us a buzz, 1300 736 736. In fact, there's a lot of text that I haven't got back to yet, uh, which we will do so. Also, the AFL Players Association has released a statement as well in regards to the Aaliyah Aaliyah situation. I'll read through that shortly. Also, Melbourne's weather today, a little rain developing, windy out there by the looks, top of 19, and the clouds are looking dark and a tad ominous. Uh, That's for City Power supplying power to homes in the CBD and the inner suburbs.